Hey, this is Daryl Lyons, CEO and co-founder of PAX Financial Group. Got a special time with you today with Dr. Tony Dale. He is the founder and chairman of the Caris Group and Satera. Did I say that right? Satera? Sidera. 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 You know, I'm thinking of Santera, the golf course. Just uh -huh. <laughs> Sidera. And, you know, the, he's really an innovator in the healthcare space. And I am absolutely honored that he jumped on with us today. And so we're going to jump into the five hot healthcare trends that you need to know about. Before we do that, I've got some disclosures to give you from our legal team. You ready? This material contains general information only and is not intended to provide specific investment tax or legal advice. Visit paxfinancialgroup.com for more information. Investment advisory services offered through paxfinancialgroup.com. And uh, before we get started, can I, can you share, uh, Dr. Tony Dale, first of all, I need people to know that you don't have a Texas accent. You come from the UK. You, you hurt your knee on the basketball court, realizing the whole medical system's messed up in the 80s. And you've been on a mission ever since to fix it. And you've been committed to this. So can you tell people where they can find more about you and your organizations that you run? Uh, absolutely. Uh, if they specifically want to find out information about me, I suggest they go to TonyDale.com. Uh, and there they'll see where I blog occasionally and that type of thing. If they want to understand what we're going to be talking about today, uh, then they should go to the company website. So that's www.sedera, that's S-E-D-E-R-A.com. So sedera.com will give them a, a full sort of background and also bio on me and some of the areas we're covering. And I'm really familiar with the Keras Group and working with them over the years, but Sidera is relatively new. How long has Sidera been around now? Uh, we were founded in the summer of 2014, so uh, we've just had our set full sixth year. Has it been that long already? Wow. Okay. Things are moving. Y'all have how many employees now? Uh, well, if you include our tech teams, both in-house and out-of-house, we'd be over 100 employees now. And congratulations on making the Inc. 5000 list. Thank you so much. We're very thrilled about that. Okay, I am just so honored. We're going to jump into this. Okay, number five, we're doing a top five countdown format. Number five, trends in healthcare. Number five, the impact of technology. Tell me more about that. Okay, well, I divided these trends uh, in my mind into sort of helpful and unhelpful. Uh, so the impact of technology, I would definitely describe as helpful uh, because there are incredible changes going on. Over lunch, I was talking with a friend who leads a VC firm, uh, and he was talking about some of the amazing surgery now done through tiny little things that you feed through from an artery from your leg into your heart that actually can drill a hole in your heart to equalize pressures between chambers. I mean, we're, we're talking unbelievable stuff. You look at AI and all sorts of other things that are going on, the impact of artificial intelligence, of big data, of mining that data, huge things going on in technology. Nanotechnology, is that kind of what you're talking about there? Uh, well, I, I didn't even mention nanotechnology. I mean, there we're talking, you know, these minute, uh, you know, molecule size uh, robots, essentially, yeah. uh, that can take pictures inside your body and all sorts of things that go on. Again, incredible areas. It is unbelievable. And, and you know, even in the financial business, just seeing companies um, invest in this, which brings us to the second trend, corporate interest into this space. So tell us a little bit more about that and what, okay. what's happening there in that trend. 
Okay, I put that as the fourth trend and I would view it as definitely unhelpful. Uh, now, you have to understand that I'm a family doctor by background. Uh, my father was a family doctor. His father was a family doctor. Uh, we have a very strong family innate DNA that says the doctor-patient relationship is at the core of what's going on in healthcare. Uh, and it's been sidelined both by government interference and by corporate interests. Uh, in the medical sphere, the, the way you see this, if I can give you just maybe a, a quick example. Uh, a, a friend of ours, gynecologist to our daughter, uh, during this COVID time that's going on, a uh, lot less people going to see the doctor, uh, income way down. Uh, and so what happens, the local uh, hospital to help uh, the doctors involved buy out their practices. All of a sudden, uh, there's now someone between the doctor and the patient. Yeah, okay. I can see this, and I can see this becoming more and more of a trend. I mean, the demographics are showing this is a place to invest as the, the population ages. So what kind of problems does this become? I mean, you got a middleman, but what other issues do you see there? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, you get the impact of perhaps unbridled profit. Now, yeah. uh, you, you and I are both uh, free market thinkers. I, I've got no objection to profit. I, I think uh, work is... Uh, is and should be profitable. Okay, but uh, once you bring in many of the corporate interests, uh, you see what happens, for example, uh, if you go and see an ER doctor, many of the ER doctors, maybe even most now, are controlled by corporate interests. Mm. So, you know, you're seen in the ER, and then all of a sudden you get a bill for, let's call it $1,500 for five minutes that you had with the doctor in the ER. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you dispute that bill, uh, then unfortunately all hell breaks loose. Mm. Uh, or you could take it at a bigger model of where you look at hospitals consolidating uh, and you look at the massive profits that are being made. And the tragedy here is in an environment where for many of them technically profit is illegal, meaning within the not-for-profit world, they are creaming so much out of the middle that it's got uh, so impactful that many non-profit hospitals are even suing their own patients because they haven't paid their bills. There's something wrong with that picture. This is crazy. Okay, so number five, technology, innovation, AI, uh, nanotechnology. I mean, we can talk about this stuff all day long. It's crazy innovative, really cool and exciting to be an American, to be a part of that. Sec the second one, which is then so healthy, or, or counting down five, four. Number four is corporate interest, which unhealthy. Number three, this one's interesting, pricing transparency. I've had a lot of medical bills over the last uh, 15 years with four kids. Tell me more about pricing transparency. Okay, pricing transparency means exactly what it says. You know, if you're going to buy a car, you'll shop around. Mm -hmm. uh, but you try doing that in the medical world. It's almost impossible. You know, whether you go to this dealership or that, you can't even find out the price. You're uh, wanting to know how you can be sort of helpful. Maybe you've got a high deductible and you don't want to be uh, overcharged. But, you know, if you go one side of the road for your MRI, you pay $3,500. If you go on the other side of the road for your MRI, you pay $350. That's a tenfold difference for exactly the same equipment you know, exactly the, the same diagnostic capability. There is something wrong with that system. Uh, right now, I personally am involved in something like this because uh, obviously I understand the system. I uh, had some yeah, relatively, uh, relatively minor surgery last year. Uh, I challenged 
uh, I challenged all of the bills, but I specifically challenged some and said, look, I actually signed when I came into the hospital through the emergency room. I would willingly pay you right now in cash the Medicare price since I'm of Medicare age. Instead, I get blood work, which is 60 times more expensive than if I just paid at the Medicare rate, 60 times. You know, I can see some ambiguity there, but this is to the degree that it is, it's crazy. Now, the next logical step, you learn this in business school, is that when you have pricing transparency, what happens for the consumer? The prices come down. So I'd imagine that's the logical next step. So we hope that plays out. All right, number two, political trends. Tell me more about what, you, I mean, elections coming around the corner, so I gotta know more there. Well, uh, obviously elections are fascinating times. And uh, if ever there's been a contrast between what one party is standing for and what the other is standing for is very clear. Uh, because I come from the British system, which has a socialized medical system, uh, I understand what you see of socialism. And I think it'd be fair to say I'm not for it. Uh, and so the issue is, are we gonna have more government control? They already control 50% of the medical pie through Medicaid and Medicare and things like TRICARE. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure that we hear that much good stuff about what they're controlling. Uh, and we have the alternate opportunity, uh, which is that the free market is just bursting at the seams. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that in trend number one. Uh, but if we will allow ourselves to move into a less regulated environment, a place of more freedom, where the doctor and patient come into a direct relationship that builds mutual respect by the exchange of value, namely, you know, professional services exchanged for cash, all of a sudden that transforms what's going on. Uh, so huge contrast in the elections coming up. I think you make some good points. One of the things that, I, that we need to think about when it comes to um, voting is what are the indirect consequences of the decisions people are making regarding our healthcare industry? And it comes down to government or no government control or to the degree that the government's involved. But we have to ask ourselves, what are some of the indirect consequences of that? And as we've seen in Medicare, there's some challenges, Medicaid, the VA system. Um, okay, number one, drum roll. Number one trend happening in healthcare is the rapid, rapid growth of market movements. I need to know a little bit more what you mean about that. That's just changing the doctor-patient relationship. There's something happening behind the scenes, and I want to know more. Okay, the best way I can answer that is just by giving you a couple of illustrations. Um, if you think of, you know, anybody's last visit to the hospital and the layers of administration and the beautiful new marble countertops and uh, everything else, everything of the hospital world speaks of expense, of money being squandered, uh, of waste happening. It's estimated that approximately one third of healthcare dollars are involved in that waste, which is huge. Okay, yeah. now the contrast to that is you're a surgeon, Keith Smith, uh, in Oklahoma City, and you decide that it's time that patients got a fair shake and you're just gonna post all of your prices uh, up, up on, on the wall for everybody to see. He's actually an anesthetist and he was working with uh, you know, lots and lots of surgeons and he started uh, the Surgical Center of Oklahoma. Uh, okay, this small, uh, not really a hospital, uh, but a surgery center, is handling thousands of cases a year at approximately one third the cost of what you would pay for the same operation, very often with the same surgeon, 
in one of the corporately owned places nearby. Okay, it's because they can cut out all of the middleman stuff, all of the administration stuff. That hospital has no full-time administrator. Hmm. Okay, they don't need it. Uh, they figured out how to run it in efficient ways. Now, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Let's look at family practice. Uh, nearly all of us have been to see our family doctor. We've sat in the waiting room. It's crowded. We're probably going to be at least half an hour, 45 minutes late for our appointment. Uh, we're surrounded by people who aren't well. It, doesn't, it just doesn't feel good. You contrast that to a new movement that's emerged over the last 10 years of direct primary care. Doctors who say, hey, I'm only going to look after a few patients. Instead of 3,000 in the insurance system, I'm going to look after 400 who will pay me cash. And they'll pay me about the same as they pay for a cup of Starbucks coffee each morning on the way to work, maybe $75 a month. And for that, I'm available to them 24-7, 365 days a year. I'm going to look after them and them alone. They're my only interest. I have no other uh, commitment that is diverting, uh, if you like, my, my time and my ability. Uh, and the result is high quality medical care at low cost with the doctor patient exchanging that value directly. And the fascinating thing, if you look at these two examples, is what you do is you increase the quality of care and you decrease the cost of care. Medicine is the only major area of economics I'm aware of in this country where there is an inverse relationship between cost and quality. Generally speaking, just to make sure people understand what I mean by inverse relationship, the more you pay, the less value you get. And then you come to things like, you know, the company that I started, Sidera, providing a complete alternative to the insurance system. And we can cut companies and individuals' costs uh, to make sure that all the big bills in, their, in the medical part of their life are taken care of, uh, typically at around 50% less than the insurance system. It's unbelievable. Look, our, our middle class is really struggling with, there's not much left um, at the end of the month. And one of the big bills that us middle class people have is this healthcare bill. So if you can figure out ways to reduce that healthcare care bill through the Caris Group, through Sidera, and it's, S, spell it for us, S-E-D, E-R-A. Is, is, is that Sidera.com. Okay, good. All right. You got that URL. Good. Hey, um, look, this has been great. The countdown's awesome. We could digest this for an hour and a half. I have so many more questions. When's your book coming out? Uh, maybe, maybe next May. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. We'll make sure that our uh, viewers know about it. And I want to leave us uh, and those that are listening with this important quote that has changed my life when I think about economics and finance. And it's this, you think different when you think long-term. Thank you guys. Thank you, Dr. Dale. Thank you.